Wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. What? Welcome to episode 44 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast, a very festive Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast, Adam. Um, it's not, I mean, it yeah. must be must be just over a week until the big red guy comes in the middle of the night and take your mind out the gutter. No, I'm not talking about Jacob Goodnight and his three-foot-long tadger. I'm talking about Santa Claus. <laughs> I, I I just all innocently got scared and thought you meant like Kane or something like that, yeah, but you Jake. went... You went a little bit further. Yeah. Not long till Christmas, Adam. Are you are you all prepared? Uh, pretty much. The the house is a little bit crazy because it's it's way more decorated than it ever has been before. Because our, our niece who's four is gonna be here, so we've kinda gone all out. Um yeah. What about you? That's lovely. Um I I think so. I think we're getting there. Um, if you can hear crying in the background, it's because my kids are high as a kite at this time of year. Yeah. That's what comes with it. Anyway, <laughs> here we are to speak today. We're in 2005. We're going to speak about a big old family, talking at Christmas, a big old family reunion. ECW's One Night Stand. WWE's ECW One Night Stand uh, took place in June 2005. This was your pick, Adam. Yeah, were, were you satisfied with your pick? Yeah, I think so. Um, one of those where you you have the fear because I hadn't really watched it since. I don't think, um, but I'd seen. I think I must have watched the 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 rise and fall, which might be covered as something that kind of sparked this whole thing taking mm-hmm. place. I think I've yep. probably watched that through about three times. Um, but yeah, I was pleased with what i saw generally not all great but what shows are to be fair but yeah mm-hmm. what, what did you think um i, I can't remember so i think sometimes i think back i get this show mixed up with the the 2006 show i right. thought the main event here was rvd john cena where he throws ah, a shirt okay. in the crowd throw it back to him and all that yeah. um and i enjoyed it there's some things that maybe younger me enjoyed more than older me um, yeah. enjoys but yeah we'll get into it yep let's talk 2005 then shall we uh so 2005 popular tv shows adam included okay. er arrested development mock the week had its first episode i believe in, in oh, really? june 2005 okay. and uh joey oh joey short-lived didn't, didn't last that long no no um, Batman Begins, starring Christian Bale as Batman, of course, was released. Nice. Um, LimeWire was hugely popular this time for sharing wow. music. Yep. And uh, who knows what you would get if you downloaded anything off of LimeWire. <laughs> uh, I know what you would get, but I. Um, David Tennant made his first appearance as the 10th ever Doctor Who. 
not okay. something I've ever watched. Do you, Doctor Who fan? No, uh, my wife's a big fan, uh, oh, really? but I, I've never really, I, I, remember, I have memories of like being a kid and it being on on the telly way in the old days, but I know it's not something I ever really watched. Yeah, me neither. Um, some of Glastonbury Festival performers included The White Stripes, Coldplay, Kaiser Chiefs, Primal Scream and Van Morrison. And in wrestling, um, Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor 3 took place. And the main event there was CM Punk against Austin Aries for the Ring of, War- Ring of Honor World title. Okay. Um, and I want to say this was round about the time when Punk had signed his deal. And people expected <sighs> him not to be winning the title. And he did win the title. And then I think he signed his deal on the Ring of Honor belt, yeah. didn't he? I think that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, elsewhere, TNA's Slammiversary also took place. Um, I wonder if you've seen this one. I've definitely saw this one. Um, the main event was a King of the Mountain match for okay. the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. We had Raven defeating AJ Styles, Abyss, Monty Brown and Sean Waltman. Okay. I'm not sure I have seen that, but yeah, I've, def- ever... I've seen a King of the Mountain match. Right, but... right, yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to ask you. Yeah. It's always interesting when people try and come up with, with new gimmick matches, isn't yeah, it? I'm sure it's I just like didn't... it's all, always been, everything's been done. It yeah. It kind of feels like. It's, it must be really hard to try and come up with something original because I'm sure I watched that even then, years ago, and thought, I don't really get it. I don't see the point in a lot of what has to happen here. If there's too many rules, it just it's a bit like watching NFL for the first yeah, time, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so in, in music in the UK, our number one song, are we gonna are you gonna go for a punt? Right, okay. I'll give it a two thousand five. So two thousand and five. Uh, uh, what was that nickelback song with the awesome video? Uh Rockstar. No. I'm afraid not. Neither in America or or uh, in the UK. In the UK, it was the Crazy Frog. Oh my song. word! So, so was <laughs> Axel F the song and the, the artist, the Crazy Frog, or is Axel F is the song from um, Beverly Hills Cop? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. But, but I, that's obviously the tune of the Crazy yeah. Frog. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, in America, it was Mariah Carey was number one with "We Belong Together." And UK and US box office number one are the same movie. Do you fancy a punt? Uh, right, I'm going to assume it's not uh, Batman Begins because you wouldn't have mentioned it earlier. I think you would have been too savvy to do that, right? Uh, um, snakes on a Plane. Wow. Imagine that was right. <laughs> uh, it was um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith starring Brad Pitt oh, okay. and Angelina Jolie. Okay. So that is us that has set the scene, summer 2005. I think at this point, WWE have got a pay-per-view only a couple of weeks from now. Um, Vengeance 2005 is, is set up. So um, they were kind of weaving those storylines in along, yeah. kind of, bringing some ECW uh, invasion-type things going on on, on Raw and, and SmackDown at this time. But this show is very much its own thing, with the exception of a couple of bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, and f- from what I can gather, the the 
the WWE wrestlers being involved was a Vince McMahon um, mandate to yeah. Paul Heyman. Um, I believe Paul Heyman didn't like it to start off with, but eventually came round okay. on it. Um, and just going back to what you said about the ECW, the Rise and Fall DVD, that's kind of yeah. where this came from. This whole show came from. Apparently they were blown away by the sales of the yeah. DVD. Um, and Rob Van Dam is the one that takes credit for hounding Vince to do a, 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 like a one-off type show. So yeah, I think it's really interesting to hear that a lot of these, some of these guys are that are on the show are obviously employed already mm-hmm. by WWE. Um, and I think it was on Bruce's podcast, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he was saying that Vince was actually quite shocked to know how many people under his employment were actually former ECW uh, wrestlers, which is hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes wonder, just, do you think Vince would have ever, like, watched even a tape of a ECW show? Or do you think he would just be like, nah, I've got people that can watch that and then they can feed back to me or whatever. I can't picture him ever watching one. Mm, I'm not... Difficult. That's a really difficult one because obviously he's put money into it, mm-hmm. um, and and helped Heyman in the past. But yeah. At the same time, yeah. But then they, they they took. I mean, they must. They took a lot for ECW, creative yeah. wise. But that yeah, is not absolutely. to say that that came from Vince. Yeah. Yes, maybe <laughs> Bruce Bruce palming it off as his idea. <laughs> <laughs> so starting the show, we start off with Jerry Styles. Je- Jerry Styles? Why do Joey always... Styles? Jesus wept. See, <laughs> half of my notes are when I was half cut, and the other half are when I was sober. So, Jerry <laughs> Styles. I think I did that last time we were speaking about. We start off with Joey Styles and the, the old school ECW music. Can you give me an extreme? Extreme! Beautiful. <laughs> um, Joey Styles, very emotional in the ring. And he uh, welcomes us to One Night Stand and, and introduces his broadcast partner, which was um, a, a lovely surprise to me. I, I just thought it'd be Joy Styles on his own, which it tended to be. Yeah. But he brings out Mick Foley. Yeah. I I, um, I was the same when the show started. I thought, you know, it, it was the way on the vast majority of ECW shows that Joy Styles called it on his own. Um, and then even when they said a guest, I think my mind immediately went to Taz and then it, mm. it wasn't. It was... Uh, yeah, Mick Foley. He was good um, as as that color commentator, and I, I want to say they did try him. Yeah, um, but I'm sure I've I'm sure I've heard him say in the past that he hated having Vince screaming at him through his through his. Yeah, I've, I've heard him on his podcast say that like after once he thought right, I'm just going to go and speak to Vince and be like that 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 isn't for me. Don't if you're going to do that, I can't do this. And this was like, yeah, pal, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Won't happen again. And then, like, days later, exact same the thing same again. Can't imagine what that's like. I really can't. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I was going to mention before we get into the matches, the setting, we're in, uh, we're in New York. Um, remind me of the name of the, the hall it, that we're in. Is it the Hammerstein Ballroom? Is yes. Yep. Yep. Um, it looked remarkably like the the Philadelphia ECW arena. Yep. Um, and I think they considered the ECW arena, but it was just too small for the whole production mm-hmm. part of it. So, so, so they went with New York. Okay. Um, and that's the other thing to mention is the Hardcore Homecoming show that happened a couple of days before this. Um, 
was Shane Douglas's kind of ECW um, reunion show yeah. um, that Terry Funk ended up doing. And I want to say Terry Funk ended up in, in the next one, 2006, didn't he? I think that's right. And I think they tried to get him for this, but he'd already, yeah. by the time they contacted him, he'd already agreed to do the other show. Yeah. And then there is some crossover. There's there's a number of guys that are on this show that, that did that show as well. But yeah. Douglas, I think, was with TNA, and I think there's a lot of bad blood between him and WWE yeah. generally. Yeah. I did watch I did watch the main event of Hardcore Homecoming. Uh, Sabu versus Terry Funk versus Shane Douglas. The okay. um, it was a barbed wire rope match. Right. Uh, it was wasn't I did not enjoy it. Okay. That okay. I wondered if you would have years ago. Okay. Aye, well, there you go. Yeah. It's very it's something slow. We'll, we'll touch on a few times, no doubt. Yeah. I think I said to you, like, it felt like I was watching, you know, that scene in The Wrestler where he tries to do the deathmatch stuff? Yeah. Kind of felt a bit like that. Yeah. Anywho, let's kick off. First match. Great first match to kick off with for, I guess, for both of us, both both Jericho fans, both Lance Storm fans. Yeah. Um... start off. Yeah, obviously Jericho's very much a, a main roster guy in WWE here, and he, you know he's been to the top, he's been to the top of the cards and all that. Um, and I think nice sort of story. He, in his very early days in his career, had a tag team with uh, Lance Storm. Gets yep. referenced, I'm sure, in the commentary as they're going. The thrill seekers. Uh, yep. Um, Started off in Smoky Mountain. So when I saw this, I, what I didn't do before I watched the show, normally, like, especially if it's a show I know quite well, I'll go through, I'll look at the matches and look at, you know, the runtime and things like that and then uh, make some pre-notes. But I just went straight into this, just switched it on and thought I'll just take notes as I go. So I didn't really know what matches were coming up. Okay. Um, and then I was I was really pleased to see Lance Storm. I was, uh, as soon as Jericho appeared, I thought, oh yeah, of course, of course Jericho would be on this. Makes total sense. Wrestled in ECW, now a WWE guy. Um, and they reference, I think, the fact that Jericho's first title in North America was in ECW. He won oh. a TV title um, in ECW. Nice. So you've, you've got you've got enough there to, to go with this as a, a logical kickoff match. And I, as soon as the two were out, I thought, well, they'll surely have pretty good chemistry and they're both good workers and this mm. this should work. This should be pretty good. I really loved seeing Jericho come out as the Lionheart. Yeah. I, I guess that was his character when he was in ECW. Yeah. He, he's really good at playing a character, Jericho. I think I, I feel like he um, he commits to whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. these days, quite a... a um, what would be the, the word... No controversial figure, but it seems like he's kind of hoganing AEW a little bit. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I just I've got written here. This is why I love Jericho. Like he, he, there was no over the top theatrics. He was, and I, I believe that he said he wanted Storm to go over in this match. Right. We did do the match unless Storm went over. He just fit, it came across very humble, and he came across like he was just fitting into the the whole event, which I really mm-hmm. liked. I think I, I wondered at the start because you've obviously got some guys being brought back for this show mm. who haven't been on the programming. You've got some guys who are now established WWE stars. Um, and I thought, how will the crowd react 
to sort of each side of that. Mm-hmm. And Storm had his, you know, WWE run. It wasn't as successful as Jericho's, but he was there. He was uh, involved in the invasion angle and all that kind of thing. Um, but I thought, well, the crowd <laughs> really, really side with Storm, and he did get a really good reaction when he mm-hmm. came out. But you know, it's first guy out. It's probably just a, an enthusiastic crowd. Um, but. They, they didn't really, maybe it's because of the presentation of the way he was coming out, they weren't really shitting on Jericho either, which I thought right. they might. Um, right. But what you've talked about there, like his ability to go back to a character and be in that character, maybe helped rather mm. than if he'd come out in his over-the-top, at times, uh, WWE characters. Uh, I think yeah, that, that it, made it work. It feels like he's read the room a wee bit and, it, you know, yeah. like coming out and um, turn, you know, with his back turned with the arms up and all that mm-hmm. would, like you say, I think yeah. we'd have got that ex- exact sort of reaction. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What did you think of the match? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> like, quite fast paced at the start. The crowd are totally into it. And then you get a she's a crack whore chant. <laughs> like, <Good> on, Marie. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do. They clearly do have a pretty, pretty good chemistry. Uh, the two of them mm-hmm. working together. Um, I felt like the match went really quickly. I, yeah, I, me too. I haven't actually gone back and looked how long it was, but I, I thought that for a few of the matches, um, maybe could have been given a wee bit more time. Um, I suppose it's a one-off, and they're not looking to tell a long story. They're not looking. Uh-huh. For this to be the kickoff of a storyline, um, they're they're just looking for them to have it all contained within one one sort of one match one night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. They've you know they've both got a good move set. They've uh, they've both um, very very good technically uh, on the mat and executing moves and things like that. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, felt like it could have gone a little bit longer though. What, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, with you, hundred percent. I've got a couple of moves written down. They're lovely, dragon suplex by Jericho with a bridge. Um, yep. I've I've obviously been admiring Lance Storm's super kick, um, which was which is really cool. Uh, th- this feels this is exactly what you're saying there. We're not trying to tell a story. We're playing the greatest hits. It's mm-hmm. it's the Rolling Stones, um, in concert. So we get just incredible coming down and that other gentleman i think they call him the most handsome man in the world or something like that do they is it jason yeah. jason yeah. knight uh, yeah, yeah right. i don't know whatever became of him <laughs> um and yeah what were they called the impact players credible and yeah. just incredible and landstorm and i, I really yeah. like them i really like just incredible in his ecw run and um, but he comes out he's got the kendo stick he hits jericho and and uh, storm gets the one two three yeah, and a good way to kick off. Aye, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm the same. I, I would like it to went longer. Just give them a chance to do a bit more, few of their moves because they're both just technically class. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. <clears throat> yeah. We get, we get a wee in memoriam type um, video package, yeah. which is something that you you don't really get ever, really. No. Um, and I, I thought it was quite a nice little package. Oh, so obviously, wrestlers that have passed that were that were ECW staples. Mm-hmm. Um, is Terry Gordy that that is in there? Is that was he a freebird? No. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I think towards the end of his career, um, ended up in ECW. Just right, uh, probably okay. not for all that long. I don't think. Right. Yeah. Um, we got a lovely Chris Candido chant from the crowd who yeah. I want to say only passed I think it was maybe the February 2005 or something like that so it's pretty yeah. pretty recent 
Yep. Um, so yeah, that's a nice sweet touch. I like that. Mm-hmm. I assume the reason WWE don't do it is because they don't want the sort of early life expectancy for wrestlers to be like <laughs> to be flagged, flagged up and highlighted. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised they allowed it, but I suppose they in a sense can distance themselves from it. Mm. Um that's probably the only reason it was it was allowed here. Mm. No no uh, Spicoli, disappointingly. Was there not? Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know to be fair, I didn't know an awful uh, an awful lot of the um the people. I didn't make a list mm-hmm. clearly, but um, I I like the Candido chat. Yeah, because I think it was introduced by one of the Pitbulls, wasn't it? And another uh-huh. of the Pitbulls was in the, the tribute thing. And I, I recognised, I think, a few faces as it was going. Right. Um, next up, we had a triple threat <laughs> with WWE roster t- uh, Tajiri yeah. um, versus Little Guido, who I forgot was actually, I think he's playing WWE at this point as well. He's Nunzio. Yes, um, which yep. I, f- I totally forgot. I always just think of him as as FBI, mm-hmm. and uh, those two and Super Crazy, um, and I want to say Super Crazy comes out with his mask on and takes it off and gets highly booed by the crowd. He does, yeah. <laughs> this crowd are just taking no mercy for this crowd, is there at all? Yeah, they're a bit brutal, but I suppose I mean I imagine it's a uh, it's a very it's always said, I think, mockingly, but in a genuine way, it's a very loyal fan base. So I imagine a lot of the people that are turning up to this were people that were turning up to the shows at the time. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was still active and a thing, and they're behaving in a very similar way to, to the way they used to. Mm. And, and talking of which, this this is second match, and it's the first time we see Vlad in, in the front. Did you see him in the crowd? Uh, I didn't boy? notice in this match. I think I noticed him later on. Right. Uh, yeah. This match was just mental. It's just exactly what you would think it it would be. Yeah. Just, yeah, non-stop madness. I really liked Super Crazy. Like, I remember when I first saw him, like, on the, you know, tapes of old shows and stuff like that. I really liked him. Just found him really entertaining. And I think I always really enjoyed seeing Tajiri as well because there was something different about him. Like, presentation and... The, even the moveset to what mm-hmm. he was when he was in WWE is mm-hmm. a, a bit just different, just more, I don't know, threatening, more aggressive. Um, yeah. And it, it works. It really works for this crowd and in this setting and all that. Is there, a ba- is there a wrestler who's a bad wrestler that people don't like that uses the mist? I don't think there is. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I used to love the mist. The, the tarantula, was it called? Yeah, the move on the outside, these kicks. Yeah, I'm not, never a fan of the the head spring, handspring, bounce off the ropes. Ricochet, Ricochet does that. I'm never a fan of it. Yeah, um, but I I'm the same as you. I really like Tajiri, um, and I, and and I like the FBI as well. Big Tracy Smothers man. Mm-hmm. I I actually forgot as we were going through the match that uh, it was elimination. So I was sitting watching expecting uh, just a pinfall to, to end mm-hmm. the match. And uh, we get um, a point where uh, we've got, uh, I think, did you mention Mikey Whipwreck? Mikey, Mikey Whipwreck no. getting involved. Who did he come match. out with, Tajiri? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's with Tajiri. Um, and he hits, a, it's his version of a stunner, basically. 
um, off the top rope on Little Guido, and uh, Tajiri eliminates Little Guido. And I, but at the point that happened, I thought well, that's it. And then it's like, oh, I think um, Joey Styles says uh, Little Guido's been eliminated, and I thought, oh yeah, cool. okay, we're keeping yeah. going. Yep. Um, so there's a absolutely crazy, no pun intended, uh, moonsault by Super Crazy from. Uh, the balcony, so like we've watched plenty of ECW pay-per-views things often break down and end up in the crowd um, he goes up on the balcony and does a moonsault off the balcony onto yeah. basically all the FBI's is quality, brilliant yeah. stuff yeah, it's awesome Like, um, and it's, there's something like I've seen it done on the main roster, I've got a like I think a memory of when the shield were a thing. Um, I think Rollins was doing moves like that, like climbing up and coming off onto people and stuff like that, uh, which was great. But it, it really suited the ECW environment and the crowd and the brawling into the crowd and all that. It just feels right when it happens there. Yeah, remember that. What remember that pay per view when New Jack comes off the balcony? Yes. Was it him, him and Spike come off the the balcony? It's just it's absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> it doesn't go much longer after Guido's gone. No. Uh, to be fair, like you say, Whipwreck hits Guido with the stunner for the top rope. He's gone, and uh, Super Crazy hits Tajiri with a power bomb, then a moonsault, and that's it. Again, dead fast. Yeah, dead fast match. Yeah, I think this kind of match, um, I'm okay with it all being done pretty quickly. Um, no real. Like it was a bit like a, the whole thing was a bit like a whirlwind, but that's fine, I think, in a match like this. And with these performers, I thought the fast pace and the fairly quick match suited that. Mm-hmm. I agreed. Um, and it kind of plays into the chaotic nature of everything that's going on, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, next up, we have Psychosis taking on Ray Mysterio. And Mysterio is getting booed out the building. Because I guess because his WWE presentation, the, do you think that's the music it came out to the Who's that jumping out the sky? Yeah, stuff? I mean, like if it was, it's really hard to know because you can only go by what you hear on the network and you oh, don't yeah. know if it's been changed. But um, that was always going to get shit on if that's what absolutely. Yeah, I what what did you make of psychosis not having a mask? So, so am I getting two people? Am I getting two different people mixed up? Am I? Was should say was it psychosis that was getting booed for not having the mask? Was so, he the one? He have a bull. He normally have a bull. Yeah, he used to have a. a it was almost like a big helmet thing, like a big mm-hmm. bull thing. Um, but I didn't so much notice them booing him for it, but they were chanting, "Put the mask on." Oh, were they? <laughs> yeah. Class. Like I, I don't think I'd ever seen him without a mask and i must have watched the show before so i must uh-huh. have seen it at the time <laughs> but i was watching thinking oh no no just like, it didn't look right it, it right. felt weird felt weird i felt like um i mean this was another one that was just a hundred percent you know flying about the shop I yeah. th- these two must have fought each other a million times they've got really yeah. good chemistry um, I really like the the leg drop by psychosis. He, he kind of hands yeah. Mysterio over the guardrail, and uh, they tell the people in the front row to get back. They don't move anywhere. Yeah. He, he still hits a leg drop off the, off the. It's either off the apron or off the top rope. Yeah. Um, I, I like this match. I I think it's probably I probably enjoyed this one so far the most. The most. 
yeah um out of all of them there was always something quite um like these guys are both pitched as being uh cruiserweights i suppose um mm. but the the size difference is so extreme between the two because psychosis is so much taller so much bigger yeah, generally yeah. Than, than Mysterio, that he's able to do all these like dominant power moves and things like that, um, which are quite. I think always feel like when you've got two guys that are both really small, it's maybe a little bit harder to tell that story. Um, but you know, in this, even though it's two cruiserweights, Psychosis is going to have the size and strength advantage. Mysterio should have the quickness advantage and things like that. Um, right. And the they massively leaned in to the fact Psychosis <laughs> was was bigger and stronger and, and all that. Um, and he, he actually dominated quite a chunk of the match. Um, a lot of it was his offense and just Mysterio looking like he was kind of surviving for, for a chunk mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we touched on that when we were watching through 1998 with Jericho when he was cruiserweight champion. And, yeah. Um, it's almost like he was a big cruiserweight and was, was able to do mm -hmm. quite a lot of power moves, power bombs and, and that sort of thing. It's it yeah. a good dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, do, I genuinely don't have very much notes from this, yeah, uh, apart from right right at the finish. So, okay, I've got a few, not loads. Um, psychosis, top turnbuckle leg drop uh, on Ray's balance on the guardrail, which you talked through. Um, I think they referred to it in the commentary as a psycho guillotine. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's a good name for a move. I've got uh, after that psychosis just trying to pin Emery, getting a, a foot on the ropes to break it. Um, psychosis with a big drop kick in the corner, Ray moving psychosis, it's a turnbuckle. Um, Ray face planting psychosis, two count. Um, psychosis dives at the turnbuckle again, Ray moves again, uh, and psychosis goes right out and th uh, through because he's dived, he goes right out into the crowd. Um, and Ray leaps off the. I think it's the middle of the ropes that he sort of springboards himself off and lands on, on top of Psychosis in the crowd. Amazing. Class. Um, and I, I guess in ECW, and in WCW for that matter, um, Ray's finishing move was a West Coast pop. Yeah. But um, he does a 619, the crowd are not into that at all. Nope, he gets booed for the 619. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so funny, eh? It's just yep. like no prisoners at all. Yeah. Um, I think he does a six one nine, then hits the West Coast pop and, and gets yeah, the win. The West Coast pop's the last thing he executes before the pin. Which yeah. if he was gonna do them both, it's the right way around with the West Coast pop being the finisher, effectively. It's funny because I think if you're watching a, if we were watching a WWE pay per view, you'd think nothing of it. But yeah. then in that environment you're just like, Oh, that is a bit yeah. Like daft gimmicky sort of mm -hmm. thingy. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. So Mysterio picks up the win, probably unpopularly. Um, so then we have our SmackDown contingent arrive, and they're, they're trying to, I think Joey Styles is trying to call them invaders or crusaders or, or something yeah. like that. But um, it's mainly, so, so the JBL have a, a faction called the, the cabinet at this point, or was it just sort of no, minions? He, he did. Um, I can't remember the names of everyone that was involved, but uh, yeah, so this, he's he's obviously been, he had a huge run as, as world mm -hmm. champion. Um, kind of out of nowhere, much to the surprise and confusion, I think, of a lot of people, but um, he's he's your, 
kind of hated heel and obviously he's going to be a massive heel coming here because I think he'll be seen as everything that's wrong with the, with the main company at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I forgot that they had appearances in this manner by um, WWE guys. I remembered that right at the end there was a brawl of some mm. kind, but I didn't remember that they were like in the balcony showing off their tickets and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. It's quite, it's a bit of a storyline throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it at this point that JBL cuts his promo? See. Basically shitting on ECW. Uh, um, no, it's not. Sorry, it's no. They arrive, um, and they're getting the "you suck dick" chant yes. fr- from the crowd, and then the quintessential stud muffin Joe Gertner. Um, I think is he maybe in their seats? Yeah, he's. I mean, he he's playing a bit of a strange role because he's kind of basically kind of crawling and, and uh-huh. at various points asking for a job and sucking up and stuff like that. I'm like, uh, I did not expect that at all. No, neither did I. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed because I just kind of wanted to hear him do his, his stuff and be Stick. hilarious. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so, so they, I think it's Angle and JBL basically yeah. assault him um, and both cut promos on the ECW fans. Bradshaw looks like he's absolutely loving it. Yeah. Like, this is his heaven. Did you hear? So there's fans chanting, you suck dick at Kurt Angle. And he shouts back, your mother taught me how. Oh, God. No, Kurt. That's not the comeback you think it is. That is that is very in character, Louis. That's pretty funny. It's brilliant. It really made me laugh because I was thinking, is he? I couldn't think what kind of character he was at this point. But yeah, it made me laugh. That's quality. Um, so either uh, they're, they're both they're both cut promos and they're just getting heat in it and it works. Mm. Um, RVD's music hits and him does he come out with Bill Alfonso? I think he does. Yeah. Um, and he cuts now. This is my issue with RVD, right? I I think I didn't love I don't love his WWE any of his WWE run massively. Um, I think we watched him versus Triple H in a, was that a 2002 pay-per-view? Yeah. I think we both quite enjoyed it. Mm. I sometimes find a lot of his matches samey, um, yeah. but I think he's probably limited with what he can do compared to what we've seen him do in, mm. in ECW. Yeah. Um, I think he, he cuts this promo here and it's just, it seems like a completely different, different personality to the Hey Bro Mm-hmm. sort of stoner gimmick that he's been playing in WWE's yeah. whole life. Um, yeah. And I think you and I said when we were watching ECW 1998, there's a lot more to him. He's a good heel, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Um, but this is, a, this is a very crowd-friendly promo, and he says stuff like, there's no creative geniuses writing my lines tonight, it's all me. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame for him, obviously. I think he's he's got a knee injury. Uh, yeah. He talks about being the brainchild behind this, and and not being able to perform, mm-hmm. I think. Does it's, it? Does he say something like his favorite times in his career were were in ECW? Or yeah, like favorite favorite times in his career. It, I think what I like about it, and you know, you touch on the dude, bro, whatever. You know, that just didn't. It, it was kind of nothing. It was fluff. It it was kind of irrelevant to anything ever. But um, 
I get the impression here he is just talking about something that he cares about and mm-hmm. that he feels passionately about. And I was what was coming across was real emotion about the fact that he can't perform that night. Uh, he can't have a match. He obviously was a huge part in this becoming a reality. It was his idea or his suggestion anyway to Vince. Um, and I got the feeling he is genuinely devastated that mm-hmm. he is he has this injury and he can't be one of the stars of the show that night. Yeah, no, totally, totally get that. Um, and he must be at some point, I mean, he must be further through his rehab than, than he's suggesting because yeah. Rhino appears and gores him to hell and the crowd it's so funny because the crowd just love it yeah you know like that's the heel move and the crowd love it the lights go out and they come back on sabu is pointing at the sky total classic ecw behavior um and that takes us straight into sabu versus rhino yeah so it's like positioned as an impromptu match um i i I assume wasn't advertised beforehand um and obviously Sabu, I think when you think of the the performers that people immediately associate with ECW, he's one of those names mm-hmm. that would come out there. I still remember seeing him for the first time and just basically thinking, what the hell is this? Like, what what is going on here? Uh, and I had no doubt I would be <coughs> maybe a little bit freaked out if I went back and watched some of the matches now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I remember thinking, this is... This is something totally different from anything I've ever seen before. Um, so I was glad he was on the show. I didn't know beforehand if he was going to be. I couldn't think if he right. did appear on it or not. Yeah. Um, Sabu's a funny one. Um, I'd love to watch like something that sort of documented his career. Because um, he must have had... Do you remember him being part of the invasion at all? I don't. Nah, near to that. I feel like I remember him being on Raw and mm-hmm. things like that, but not actually pay-per-view. And yeah. and I want to say, when he, remember they did the old ECW invasion type thing? I want to say like 1997? Yeah, he, he was Sa- definitely Sabu involved was part in that. Of that. Yeah. And like you say, it's just, what on earth? Even just the whole like setting the, the chair up and, and using it mm-hmm. to, to get up on the ropes and then flying into the crowd and stuff yeah. like that. It's just amazing. So yep. good. Yep. Um, and he just he just does not care at all, does he? He's willing to sacrifice his body for, for whatever yeah. he's doing. This um this match there's a few moments as we go through the show, particularly in one match, but I think this was the first match where I was thinking I might have there's some stuff in here that I might have really liked when I was a little bit younger. Um I think we've talked before about chair shots to the head mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they they hit a little bit differently nowadays than they did back then, yes. knowing the damage that can be done, uh, the implications of that kind of damage. Um, there's a like an almost immediate um, chair to the head, um, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> this this is this happened a lot at ECW. But it, I think I think I always cringe at the ones where they just launch the chair at them. Yeah. Because there's no way of controlling the way that it's going to hit them. Yeah, and it's and the noise, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think this was actually my first point in the night where I was like, oh yeah, uh, okay. There's that aspect of it. Yeah. 
Oh wow! I, I just turned the page here, expecting to see lots of um, lots of notes. There's literally no more notes apart from Sabu drop toe holds Rhino on a chair, and Sabu hits Rhino with a chair. So, okay, I've I've got this. <laughs> I've got this right. Here. Uh, I've got uh, Sabu runs, jumps on the top rope, launches himself at Rhino. A bit of classic Sabu uh, action. Sabu sending Rhino into the guardrail. Rhino now back, uh, then back in the ring, starting to use his power to get control. Um, Sabu with a Hurricane Rana um, ends up in a two count. Sabu sets up the chair, springs off it with a kick to Rhino, then leg drop uh, for a two. Uh, Rhino drop to hold Sabu face plants onto the chair. Oh. Rhino drops Sabu face first again onto the chair. Rhino goes for the gore, uh, but hits the ref. Uh, then pile driver by Rhino uh, on Sabu. RVD comes in. Uh, Bill Alfonso throws RVD the chair. He hits Rhino with it. RVD with the the move where he kind of runs, throws the chair up, does the kick into the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when of, he's in the corner. Yeah, of uh, Rhino. RVD, I think the, the, the announcer shout he's doing all this on one leg. Um and I think that's actually the end sequence that uh, chair shot into the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sabu wins the match by pinfall. Nice. Nice. That's making me want to go back and, and try and find some more Sabu stuff. Yeah, I it's suppose this could... stuff is so brutal though. Yeah, it could go one of two ways. Like I find myself more, you know, these kind of old school guys who were very, we've talked about a couple of them through the week, very dismissive of ECW. Yeah. It, it's all just violence. They go too far. It's unnecessary. Um, I, I think I've heard Bruce Pritchard a hundred times say, you know, once you've jumped off the balcony, you know, head first, what impact is anything else that happens on that show going to have? Um, and I get it, but I think I maybe get it a bit more now than I did then when I was maybe just like, oh, oh what's next? You know, what's going to happen next? Uh, but yeah, I think I've, I've naturally moved to liking more, you know, a really impressive technical match than I now do some of the blood and guts stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure, I think we'll come on to that way. Mike Awesome versus oh, Mas- Masato Tanaka because I found myself I was, I was kind of thinking to myself, what age am I? Because I am getting actually quite annoyed here uh, because <laughs> what's the point? But anyway, yeah. we'll get on to it because we do, we do get a fairly decent technical match before that. So, um, Like you say, Sabu gets the win and then we cut to a very smug Eric Bischoff uh, leading his raw troops up the stairs to take their place next to the, the likes of JBL um, on the balcony, and they're getting shit on massively as well. I'm fairly sure for pretty much most of the next match, the uh, the crowd are chanting towards Bischoff, Edge, um, many other people that are up there. I don't I don't know why this hits in my head for Bischoff in a different way than it does for the rest. I can sit and watch and fully believe, apart from maybe drunk JBL, that everyone is playing some kind of character up there. They're uh-huh. playing a character. You know, they're they're thoroughly enjoying themselves. 
But I feel like Bischoff genuinely believes everything he's saying and means it. And, you know, in a way that should be a positive. But it just makes me angry about him and towards <laughs> a dick. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Why be such a dick? I mean, it gets he plays he plays the part well, but I I know what you mean, and and I think I think because you've heard him say, and he he's echoed a lot of these things that, like you say, Bruce Pritchard, Cornette, they they're all older older school and uh, mentality and um, prefer the psychology and all that to the the sort of barbaric violence, which I get. I just I hate how dismissive. <laughs> Bischoff is about it because I feel like he was just a TV exec or something. He didn't even, you know, he was a wrestling fan, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like there involved in the territory days or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just a TV exec that thought, I'll take their talent, I'll steal some of their ideas and never give any credit. Uh, that's the, that's the thing that's funny you say that because that's the thing I find when I see quotes from Bischoff nowadays, you know, he's, he's, he's quite vocal about AEW. Um, and I just think, like, what, you, what, how can you be sitting here talking about, especially business aspects, when you just like torpedoed <laughs> arguably the biggest uh, wrestling company in, in America yeah. at one point? So, anyway, yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, we get our, we get a fantastic, uh, on paper, we get a fantastic looking match. Up next, Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. I had to look up when Eddie passed away uh, because I was a little bit taken aback by the character. I didn't know if this was the character, Eddie, or if he was... There's a lot of stuff about this match online. Um, even when he came out, he... I don't know. He, he, wasn't, he didn't seem to be playing a character. He just looked like a grumpy bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you get a really good fan reaction for for Benoit, um, and from what I've read online, and you'll probably be able to add to this as well, that Eddie was in a bad mood for this match. I think he'd been does does oh aye Benoit Benoit taps to the Eddie taps sorry, um, and I I think he was quite annoyed about the creative as far as where he was. I don't know where yeah. he was as far as creative was concerned. WWE at this point? Yeah, I'm not sure if he was like, because obviously he's had his big run and, you know, he was world champion and all that, but that's, that from this stage that's a while ago Um, and then he had you know, quite a few situations where he was was maybe before that he was aligned with China, they got very knee deep in the lie, cheat, steal stuff for a Mm. while, but I don't really remember him being that heavily featured around this time I'm um, sure I'd read that he'd had maybe two or three pay-per-views in a row where he ate a pin. Right, um, okay. And that's why yeah. I was annoyed at then doing the job here. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was actually listening to one of Kurt Angle's podcasts. It was quite, it's quite sad because he, he loved um, working with both these guys and he talks them up quite a lot. But he did say that there was a point where, like, he basically said you could never, like, outwork Eddie Guerrero in the ring. He, he mm-hmm. just went and went and went and kept going. He was like a machine. And then he said that after a while, like they had some matches, and I'm sure he mentioned around 2004, 2005, where he would get really blown up. And then uh, Angle was, he, he now looks back and thinks, you know, it was a heart issue that he ended up dying from. But Angle, I think, looks and thinks, 
they're looking back, there was something wrong because mm-hmm. he changed physically. He couldn't go anymore to anything like the extent. And I think, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that probably feel a bit of guilt about not being like, not you know, are you okay? Is, is everything all right? What's going on? Um, which is really sad to think about. And in this match, I, I was really excited for this match. I struggled a wee bit to get into it, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest. It's it's technically good. You know, they're good performers. But I did struggle a little bit. I thought I would really enjoy it. I thought it'd be, you know, standout match on the card. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of felt like another match. Uh, it was it was almost quite awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt... I've, I, I've got that both guys seem absolutely exhausted. It was quite a physical match, but it wasn't. I kind of expected Landstorm Jericho type um, chemistry and quickly in and out of reversals and that sort of thing. We we don't really get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eddie gets busted open quite early. I want to say broke his nose, possibly. Right. Um, And I Mm -hmm. think he was genuinely pissed off about that. Apparently, he was really pissed off that the crowd were chanting to the crowd are shouting "fuck you, Bischoff" for yeah. a good portion of this match. Apparently, that really annoyed him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, I was a bit underwhelmed by it. I, I, feel, I think I was sort of taken in by the the reality of the the storyline rather than the wrestling and the, mm-hmm. the wrestling storyline. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a few notes about moves. Um... The Benoit shoulder block goes for another Eddie Ducks. Benoit through the ropes to the outside. Uh, Guerrero with a steel chair across the back of Benoit. Um, Eddie puts uh, Benoit into the face first into the timekeeper table. Um, Eddie with suplex from the top on Benoit. Uh, Eddie goes for a frog splash, takes too long. Benoit moves. Eddie mm-hmm. hits the mat. Um, some intense exchanges of chops. Yes. Um, uh, suplex with a bridge by Benoit for a two. Uh, I think he does that twice, actually. Mm. Um, and then I've got Benoit doing the, the trio of German suplexes. One of my yep. favourite things in the match, it's such a, a little thing. As uh, Benoit's going through the routine of the three suplexes, Guerrero looks desperate to get to the ropes, like to just try and stop the momentum of what's happening. It's tiny little things, you know, but mm-hmm. obviously if you're in that position, you want to try and prevent another suplex hitting you. Yep. Um, so I like, like that. like that. Um, I think from there, we're, we're pretty much at the finish, aren't we? Yeah. Benoit hits a flying headbutt um, and gets two and seven eighths. Yeah. Uh, and then he slaps on the crossface and Eddie sits in it for much longer than I think I'd be keen to sit in yeah. it, especially a broken nose. Yeah. It eventually ends up tapping. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we see Eddie mouth to Benoit, I owe you one um, mm. at the end of it. Mm. I don't know if that is, sorry, I just made a complete arse of that or, or, or what, but. Or maybe a receipt for the broken nose. Uh, possibly. possibly. <laughs> Rumour has mean... it that Benoit went back and did 5,000 crunches <laughs> or whatever it was he used to do. You've yeah. probably heard that before, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, the two of them, very close friends and had worked a hell of a lot together. I think I was just expecting more. Also, I don't think that can have had all that much time, like for a Benoit Guerrero match, mm. I think. Uh, 
I felt like, you know, could they have done more if they had more time? But I didn't end it wanting more time because I just wasn't that into it. Aye, same. Um, so we got quintessential stud muffin again. He's with Eric Bischoff, and you think he's going to cut a fun promo on him instead? He asks him for a job. Yes. Um, this gives Bischoff the chance <clears throat> to cut the type of promo you'd expect for him to cut on on ECW, the crowd, the wrestlers. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Any more to add on that? No, not really. Like uh, I think I think I've made my feelings clear on Bischoff. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not a fan. I always feel like he's speaking down to everyone. Not yes. only when he's doing a promo. If you're doing a promo as a GM, I think that's fine. That's part of your character, that's who you are. But even if you I tried listening to one of his podcasts for a while listening through a few episodes and I just constantly felt like why is this asshole like speaking down to every listener that's uh, yeah just annoying yeah I think we've said before he's like really good at playing that smug prick character but maybe it's just a smug <laughs> prick, a smug prick. <laughs> right next match is unbelievable and you have to see it to believe it and I'm not sure I don't necessarily mean that in a positive way or a negative way um, we get Mike Awesome the former Fat chick thriller, Mike Awesome, um, taking on Masato Tanaka, who I don't recall ever having seen before, but I do recall him, I think, from this match. And I, I think this is a rematch of other matches that they've had in ECW. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah Joey Styles right. is, oh. is um, shooting on Awesome throughout this match for some reason. It's something to do with him. Leaving ECW, did he take? Yeah. Was he champion of ECW when he went so, to WCW? Yeah, or so he left ECW as champion, um, and turned up on WCW, and that's what led to WWE offering Taz to go and have a match for the belt. So a WWE guy beat a WCW guy for the ECW title yeah, on an well, ECW show. That's right. Brilliant. Yeah, um, a lot of bad feeling. I think the way he went about leaving. Um, right. and really interesting that he's that he's on the show then. Obviously yeah, under um, the like that. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I, I I was assuming Joey Styles was shooting because he sounded pretty passionate with mm-hmm. everything that he was saying, and you also hear. I think they cover it on like the the DVD. These guys, the likes of Joey Styles, the likes of, you know, the Dudleys as well, they they weren't just performers for ECW. All of them were basically pulling some sort of other job behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. So I think somebody up and leaving, it's not just, you know, that they've kind of screwed the company a bit. I, I can see in that situation why you would take it a bit more personally. Yes. Yeah, livelihoods and all, messing with livelihoods and all that the, sort of stuff. The, there is one horrendous thing that's said towards the end of the match, though, which is very unfortunate. What's that? Uh, Joey Styles uh, says that, oh, I must have it in my notes. He says something about hoping that um, Mike Awesome kills himself. Jesus Christ, does he really? Yeah. God almighty. Okay, let's talk through this match because this is just absolutely ridiculous. This oh, is yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, I found it in my notes. Right, um, awesome performs a move called a suicide dive, and Styles says it's a shame he didn't live up to yes, that. Yes, that's right. I remember yeah. them saying that. Aye. 
Yeah, because that's right at the start. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much how we start off. Awesome suicide dives through ropes onto Tanaka um, and and throws them into the crowd, smacks them with a steel chair. And then, like, this has just started. Awesome sets up a table and power bombs Tanaka off the apron through a table, but it doesn't just power bomb through a table, he straight up drops him on his head. Uh-huh. That through was the table. Absolutely horrific. I, I watched that. I used to be a big Mike Awesome fan. I I I liked him. I thought he had something. You know, he's a big powerful guy. Um I I, I remember even thinking he, he would become something in WWE. Um but that like I I went away from that thinking he's just killed a guy. I, like when I saw a drop. Horrendous. I, I couldn't believe he got back up. Like yeah. I, I, he, he then rolls him into the rolls him into the ring after this. And this is where this the this inner um old man comes in because it rather than just pin him and the, and the match be over, he goes for a splash, but Tanaka kicks out. So he kicks out after this horrendous powerball on his head. <laughs> through a table, off the apron, then a splash. Then he starts smashing him with a chair, and Tanaka's smiling and completely no-selling the chair shots. Um, and he, he he starts a comeback. Uh, he hits a tornado DDT onto the steel chairs, but obviously only gets two because, because ECW. Um, I think he does a... Does he do like a, like a flying elbow, but he's using the chair? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, awesome kicks out at this point. I'm like putting multiple exclamation points. <laughs> uh, oh god, there's a horrible bit, but I think it's a wee bit further on. Uh, awesome gets out another table, but Tanaka takes control. He hits a, a DDT from the top rope through yeah. a table, but in a really bizarre fashion that could easily have ended in a broken neck as well. It wasn't like in a superplex type way. It was like yeah, hard to describe, but the reverse way of how you would do a superplex, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so at this point, there's a broken table underneath where they've just come off. And they go back up to the top rope. And I think Tanaka's going to try and do the same thing again, but Awesome reverses it. And power bombs them on a, like bits of the broken table, yeah, yeah. and there's something, there's something sticking up out of it that mm-hmm. they land right next to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah I'm, I've, I'm I, I was thinking easily impaled them like, on that. I, I remember thinking there's been one move each before this where they could have killed the other guy, <laughs> and now they could either one of them, and <laughs> this move could have died. It's horrendous. Yeah, like it's it is quite entertaining, but <coughs> it's car it's car crash totally. Like I think it helped, probably going into this knowing that both guys survived this match. Hmm. Uh, watching it, I think I would have enjoyed it when I was young watching it for the first time. But I think if current age me was watching that for the first time live as it was happening, I'd be like, no, no. Just, just stop it. Silly. Aye. Yeah. 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 I I think by this point I was like concerned and and actually annoyed by 
the end because I think I think uh, Awesome hits at least two more two more power bombs. Yeah, he does. He hits one outside of the ring through a table. Yeah. And and then maybe falls out the ring on top of him. <laughs> yeah, he does. And <laughs> yeah, the the ref just ends up counting it on the mat. On the on the floor on the outside, um, uh, yeah, I would have done the same if I was the ref. Just like, don't go back in the ring. Just Please come on, do like, not do yeah, any more high risk. <sighs> like I, yeah. I always liked the look of the awesome bomb move. Like I thought it, it looked, yeah, he's a big guy, he's a strong guy, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's lost a bit of shine for me looking back. Yeah, I, I think as a, an older gentleman, you you need to feel that he's got control. Off. Yeah, like Kevin Nash's jackknife powerbomb was good because he walks off and it looks the the whole visual of it. But you know he's uh-huh. looking after him, Big Show. Yeah. Um, aside, yeah. aside yeah. yeah. I just with that, especially that one where he launches him off the apron. He's no idea. That's just like, like yeah. I. It sounds like we're probably the same in the see that move at the start. <laughs> if you must do that move. Firstly, do it safely, and second, make it your finish. Make it the fi- exactly. <sighs> God, yeah, we're definitely we've definitely got older. <laughs> that just it, it it is that thing of what you were saying about what Bruce Pritchard said. Like it nullifies any of the moves. Yeah, to, to have DDT'd him. I've never seen anybody get DDT'd off the top rope like that. Mm-hmm. And thank God because that is a neck breaker wait, waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. To to get a two count after. <laughs> Like yeah, straight up assaulting the guy multiple times just ab- unbelievable. But the, you know, I'm sure seeing that live just must have been the crowd must have yeah. been electric. And yeah, like it's a chance to sh- to shout ECW loads of times. I think it's only two more years. Uh, Mike Awesome was around from this. Oh, really? I think yeah, I think it was 2007. Was he a WWE employee at this point? No, I think they had let him. I think he might have been here. I don't know if it's much longer before they let him go. Maybe they watched that match and just thought we can't have him in. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get um, the the classic ECW music hitting after this match, and Paul Heyman makes his way to the ring. He uh, looks so excited. I think the word is excited that I've got here. He looks really happy. Yeah, he does. He's like yeah. he's like a kid on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a thank you, Paul Chant. I always like to see. You know, I, I think Heyman's. Um, I, I think lots of different things about Heyman. He, he's clearly a, a slimy bastard as far as the way that he conducts business and, and how he speaks to people and the, the promises that he's made people over the years. Yeah. But there's something really endearing about him as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. And he's, I, I get how people would have followed him. I, I totally get it. Like, if you are not employed by one of the big companies, you're looking for your break you show up on this guy's program and he's promising you the world. I, I totally get it, how you would just follow. you Because he's got that sort of charisma about him. You mm. would just follow. He's a real good talker. Really, really mm. good talker. Um, he cuts he cr- cuts a great promo and it's all celebration of the crowd and the fans and um, and then he, make, he makes his way towards the balcony and, and turns his attentions to them. I like the you're in our house, bitch, to Bishop. Yeah, yeah, I like that as well. And a dig at the fact that, you know, your company wasn't worth doing a revival for. 
I like We're that doing too. one for this. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yep. Hide your wives, it's Edge. Edge <laughs> does the very cartoony spitting out his beer uh, type behaviour. He says, I've got two words for you, Matt freaking Hardy, which the crowd absolutely love. That must have been yeah. pretty taboo and, and right in the middle of that at that point. Yep. And Hardy Hardy been fired at that point as well, hadn't he? I'm sure that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which seems harsh. And JBL's given it the whole like, ooh, what are you going to say about me type uh, Razor Ramon type taunt. Um, and he says the, the classic line, the only reason you were champ for a year is Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Yeah, I like that. I wonder if I wonder if he just came up with that off the fly because that is class. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping he might just start roasting. You know, he, he hit those big three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love him to have went round everybody just yeah. quality entertainment because yeah, be he, he seemed like he would have a zinger for everybody uh-huh. and he was on form he was feeling it, he was flying yeah, it would have uh, been great <laughs> uh, so that leads us to, I think that leads us to our, <coughs> I, I wouldn't describe it as a main event but I'd describe it as the last match yeah um, it feels like, I, I, I've enjoyed the show for what it is. It, it feels like this would be your second top of the card or something like that, you know. Um, but obviously, I think they're they're a little bit limited in terms of what they can do. I, when I was uh, getting ready to watch this match, I was thinking, I didn't know whether the Dudley boys, they, they in my memory, were always heels in ECW. Like, I oh, remember nice. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I wonder what kind of reaction they'll get because they're originals, but they were always heels. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's a great reaction they get uh, <laughs> from the crowd. Um, and when, you know, it's going to be the, the, the Dudleys against Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. But uh, if anyone was watching and concerned that there hadn't been any cameos by quite a few of their past favourites, uh, they, they might be in for a treat as yeah. this match goes along. Yeah, 100%. Um, the sort of main, the main event or the or the the key part of this is Sandman's entrance, which unfortunately is dubbed over yeah. uh, on the network. But I'm sure I, I think I maybe had this on DVD, and it definitely had Enter Sandman by Metallica on the DVD. Mm. Um, uh, Pritchard talked about it being a sort of they bought it the rights for like a one-off right. type thing. Yeah, um, his entrance is absolutely amazing. It's all the crowd want isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And, you know, without meaning to be, you know, disrespectful, I think the entrance is so much of what he is and what he was. Right. Like, he's not a superstar in the ring. He's aggressive, he's violent, but the entrance is, it's so important to the presentation of, of what he is. Absolutely. Him and Dreamer end up doing a couple of beers together and, and using a couple of females in the front row to drink their beers from. Um, yep. And just as you think the match is about to start, the BWO, the Blue World Order, come out. Uh, Stevie Richards, Blue Meanie, and Nova. Yeah, have I made that up? No, no, no I think I'm pretty sure that's right. Yep. Um, and that's some good fun. Stevie Richards, so charismatic. Yeah, he's another one. I, I don't know how they never quite. You know, they did the what was it? Right to censor. He was a, a big mm-hmm. part of and all that. I don't know how they didn't find something quite right for him on the no. main roster. I, I I just would have thought they would have loved him and his ability to connect with the audience and all that. That's that's what they're all about. But yeah, it never quite hit when he when he made the move. 
So they come out and, and cut their like a sort of classic piss take of the NWO type promo. Um just as they're about to to sort of cut off Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. What's their tag team name again? You you always remember that. Oh damn it. It sounded like the 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 chair wielding freaks or something like that, but there's some uh-huh. I'm missing a word. I'm yeah, definitely yeah. missing a word. Uh, they come out, start swinging their chairs about and, and and wreck the joint. And then I've got, is that Jerry Lynn? No, I don't think it is Jerry Lynn. But he, whoever it is just used the ref to, to vault off the back of the ref onto all of these guys. And then yeah. I've got in brackets, Kid Cash with a question yeah, mark. Yeah, I, I didn't, it didn't really mean anything to me as a name. I have memories of uh, watching like maybe a TNA show and him being on that, right, which okay. seems pretty realistic. But mm-hmm. I don't like. It almost seemed like they were positioning him as a thing, and I didn't remember him as a thing from from nah, ECW. Like an like an ECW staple. Yeah, yeah. So so at this point, it's pretty much what you'd expect as far as chaos. There's there's all sorts going on. Um, Tommy Dreamer, at this point, comes into the ring with uh, Bubba and he's got a cheese grater. Yeah. A cheese grater. Um, but Bubba actually uses it on him and we get a fairly close-up shot of him and that looks pretty pretty real, what yeah. he's doing, because yeah. the blood just comes whew, flying. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like it. <laughs> Why? Yeah, Why did... that's, that's not for me. <laughs> Um, what we got here? Sandman takes it to Dudley's with a ladder. Uh, Dreamer gets his revenge on on Bubba. Starts using the the cheese grater on him. <laughs> Sent on by Sandman onto a ladder onto Devon. Sandman's yeah. just a bit like a crash test dummy, isn't he? <laughs> I don't think he's got any regard for his own safety. <laughs> I mean. He's he's had a couple of beers. He's uh, he's just loving life. It's the hardcore chair swinging freaks. That's what it is. Ah, nice. Uh, nice. Um, Bubba lays out Sandman with a horrendous chair shot. Oh, according to my horrible, notes, horrible. he follows up with a quality frog splash on the ladder, though. Um, and then Bubba and Devon both hit or they both put on figure fours, which was an odd yeah. choice. Yeah. In the middle of all this, mm-hmm. uh, but those are interrupted by the impact players, just incredible, and Lance Storm. Um, and at this point, I've wrote that I can't keep up. There's stuff going on with Francine. She punts Dreamer between the legs. Yeah. But then Beulah McGillicutty is here as well. Uh, and I want to say that there's backstage drama between these two, Francine and, yeah. and you, Are you aware of this? I'm not aware of like the detail behind it, but I'm sure they were like long-term positioned as being at odds, and I don't know if some of that was maybe real. Because um, I think were Beulah and Tommy were married, weren't they? I, th- they were. I think it's something to do with Dreamer Eye. That's right. the source of their yeah. issues. Um, yeah, she, she Beulah McGillicuddy hits Bubba with a DDT, so yeah, I'm now a, a little bit like <laughs> I can suspend belief, but I kind of suspend my belief that, yeah. Like, um, um, 
What what did you make of uh, Sandman and Dreamer doing mocking the what's up? And, what did you uh, do? Smash them, smash them with a chair in between the legs. Yeah, yeah, Aye, like that. Aye, that's good fun. <laughs> and is that that a, that's a, must be a WWE thing though? The what's up thing. Yeah, it? I'm sure yeah. it was. I think uh, they'll have got away with it because they're mocking it. Uh, mm-hmm. Those two. So Aye. yeah, yeah. Hey, Baba goes absolutely nuts with a Singapore cane. Yeah, um, he's screaming for somebody to get a table, but he ends up just going out and getting one himself. <laughs> uh, Devon, just stop me if I'm, there's so much going on here. Nope. Yeah, I, D- think, I think you're covering it quite well. Devon power bombs Sandman through a table, but it's not enough for three. Um, we get a three D on Dreamer, possibly through a table, or just yeah. just a no, 3D. just just a three D, and then the shout of get the tables. Right. Um, yeah. Spike Dudley's music hits and he comes out and he's shaking his head. He looked very thin, I thought. Yeah, he really did. Um, he's shaking his head and I thought that he was coming out to say, like, no more tables, you know, like to be a, a heel against the crowd. Uh-huh. Um, but no, he's he's actually got uh, a pack of matches with him. And did he bring the lighter fluid with him as well? I couldn't tell if he brought it or <coughs> someone just had it. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't tell. Now, I assumed that this was like so, so Bubba's spraying the lighter fluid on the table for ages. So yep. I thought, oh, this is like it's not gonna light or something like that. Because if he's spraying that much stuff, it's gonna go all over the canvas and that. But no, it just it goes up like Oh, it goes up. Like a bonfire. Yep. Um and Dreamer gets power bombed through the flaming table. For the Dudleys to win. Yeah, at least it was the finish. Ah, well, there is that. It's a good point. Uh, This was just, yeah, I suppose this is exactly what, again, probably what the fans wanted. It's Mm -hmm. it's the greatest hits. It's you didn't see a flaming table finish very often. Um, You're getting to see all these different people, but it's quite a good way of of getting the various people on the card without them needing to go through a full match or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about there being? Did you expect to see New Jack? Uh, I I don't think I did. I I think in my mind he was maybe be a bit too much for something that WWE are doing. Um, I, I, I'm sure it was reading that they kind of used Tommy Dreamer as the the guy to go and contact the people and try right. and get them on board. Um, and, you know, obviously quite a few of them being free agents uh, or working indies or, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. So, yeah, he was seen as, because I think of the office role he had, he was thought of as maybe somebody who had a decent relationship. And I'm sure it was felt it'd be maybe better him doing it rather than Paul Heyman doing it. Right. Um, right. Might be that Heyman still owed quite a lot of them some money. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm not sure. I I assume what WWE he would have had to have ran his list past WWE, and I I just imagine if they saw New Jack's name on it and they're like, isn't that the guy that tried to kill a guy? Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave that. Types. <laughs> it's a shame there's no Raven as well. I guess Raven's probably in TNA at this point, is he? Yeah, I think he probably was. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he would have been invited to that other show that was on the go. Um, I think I think he was on that show. Was he on that? Yeah. So um, that is not the end of the show. Uh, we get Sandman calling for a beer quite desperately. 
to the point, yeah. like for like a like a man in the desert calling for water. Yeah. Um, and total surprise to me. Was it surprise to you? Complete surprise. Yeah. We get yeah. the glass shatters, um, and out comes Stone Cold. And <clears throat> of all the WWE guys, he's getting a great reception. He's obviously got mm-hmm. history in, in ECW and um, yeah. credits a lot of the the sort of freedom that he got in in ECW mm-hmm. is is why he got the kick on with yep. WWF. So he says he came to watch him watch a fight, uh, and he invites all the WWE guys down to the ring. He starts running them all down on the mic. I, 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 for some reason, I, I like I, I feel like him and JBL genuinely have issues. I don't, I don't know why, <laughs> but he, he's all he's all about slagging off JBL. Um, it's at this point that I realised Snitsky was there and got quite excited. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I, I like I remember seeing him. I, I don't remember feeling excited in in, in any way. But yeah, it's just it's such a bizarre thing. I think Orlando Jordan was that one of the other guys as well. Maybe. Yeah, I think he's like the second to JBL. I right. think. Yeah, it's just it's. I feel like 2005-ish to like, I don't know, 2013, there's just so many random people mm-hmm. um, on like, their rosters. Is this, like, I do remember thinking earlier, not meaning to go on a tangent, but see when you said that in 2005, ER was on and Arrested Development was mm-hmm. starting. Mm-hmm. And I thought those shows can't have existed at the same time. There's this really weird in my memory, like, <laughs> th- this... This time is both so long ago and so recent, and I don't know how to work it out in my mind. It's weird. Do you know what's funny as well is that Kurt Angle's here and, and getting shit on, and I think he's smacked down. And um, within the course of a year, he's been drafted to ECW, and they're giving yeah. him the whole fuck him up, Angle, fuck him up. Yeah. Um, is he fighting Randy Orton maybe? At the yeah, I think that's right. one? Yeah. And he's like fully accepted by ECW and all that. It's quite uh-huh. funny to change. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, so, so the WWE guys get in the Just... ring. We've got all the ECW guys. I think Austin invited them all out, <clears throat> and they're kind of lined up across the ring. And I was kind of thinking myself, this ring is gonna is gonna collapse. Like I've seen videos like this before, <laughs> and seen the rings collapse. And um, but they're lined up like they're going to face off, and then some music hits, and Taz comes out. Um, it, it was it, really. Sorry, it was really nicely timed because the crowd had just been chanting "We want Taz." Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. And then, like, I don't know if there was an expect. Well, obviously, there'd be an expectation that he would have been there because he'd be under contract to WWE. Um, he hadn't appeared before in the night, but yeah, just really nicely timed because it's like they're waiting for him, um, right. and the chant's just starting at the right moment. Nice. And I guess at this point, he's SmackDown commentator Taz, is he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he comes out with the towel over his head and all, and all that sort of stuff, and it's a bit of a callback to his, his old character. Um, he comes in the ring, and I want to say him and Angle are kind of sizing each other up. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they just they go to war, the pair of them. Yeah. And obviously we know the whole story about JBL and the Blue Beanie. Yep. Um, I was kind of trying to keep an eye on them. To see what's going on, and JBL is at them the whole time that they're uh-huh. they're yeah. stood face to face. There's one moment you see him kind of laying into him, and then the next moment you just see when everyone starts clearing, Minnie's face is covered in blood. Covered in blood. Hey. Yeah. 
I love the way, like, Austin's just instigated all this, and then he's just strolling about on the outside, just watching as they're all uh, starting to fight. It's really, something about that seemed really, really funny to me. So, so JBL is leather and meanie, and uh, like you see, you see him, he's covered in blood, and uh, apparently Johnny Ace has a massive go at meanie as he comes through the curtain, saying, who on earth, who told you you could blade? <laughs> I mean, he goes, I've not been blading. That idiot has attacked me. Uh, it's quite funny. It just, that just seems quite in character. <laughs> the character of a Johnny yeah. Ace just being a, a, a gormless idiot. Yeah. Um, so at this point, sort of WWE guys have been um, beaten down and they're starting to retreat. And uh, Austin says, bring Eric Bischoff in here and he's trying to run away and and Foley's Cactus Jack music hits, and he brings him back to the the ring. Yeah, and Austin's just orchestrating a beatdown on <laughs> on Bishop. It's quite funny. Give me a three D. Yeah, where's where's Mysterio? Give me a six one nine. Chris Benoit, give me a flying headbutt. I don't like that. That the the role Austin's playing there just <laughs> wouldn't have worked if it was anyone else. But I, I don't know. It just works. That's brilliant. It really is. Uh, and then I think he hits Bishop with a stunner as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beers all round for everyone, and that's that's where obviously Bishop knows his role and he's playing a good character because he yep. takes all that and pantomime villain. Yeah, um, and that's it. That's the end of the pay per view. Quite a, quite a fun way to finish it. Yeah, it, it was fun. I think you know talked about is it missing that sort of big main event? You know when you think what you maybe could have had with RVD <clears> and. You know what you end up getting a year later with RVD gets gets his moment, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, maybe they just didn't have the guy that they felt could do that. Maybe RVD maybe obviously would have been that guy. Um, so yeah, it was a good way I think getting everyone involved. Um, the the end segment being what I think ECW fans would love would love seeing. Um, in the end, their guys are left standing. The WWE guys are retreating. Um, mm-hmm. And Bischoff, who is probably the ultimate heel to ECW, uh, kind of getting his comeuppance. Yeah. There's a funny thing that Austin said. I can't actually remember what he says, but there's a really funny thing that Austin says to Bischoff. He's like, Eric... It's Steve Austin here. What, what does he say to him? I remember texting you and saying, like, that's absolute oh, comedy gold. But I can't remember yeah, what he said. What was it? Like, Are you all right there, Eric? <laughs> I can't remember. It's really funny, though. Oh, yeah, I can't remember either. But, yeah, it's uh, the, the, everything with Austin's comedy gold there. Everything. Brilliant. So, like, it's a really funny show, and it, it got me thinking. I wonder why, is it, or, uh, you know, that thing that you said that... Um, Heyman said to Bischoff, we're, we're not here for a one-night WCW one-night stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was thinking about this, and Vince seems to be a sort of person that never lets personal issues get in the way of business. He's been mm-hmm. brought back lots and lots of people that supposedly fallen out with over the years and all that sort of stuff. I wonder why they never had the impetus to do like a Starcade um, mm-hmm. or a Night of Champions. Um, I suppose... Or- it's maybe more, or it feels like it's maybe more realistic to happen at some point moving forward now. When you look at some of the the things that had been staples of WCW that have ended up on TakeOver 
events mm-hmm. and things Alan like Havoc that. And things like that. Yeah, um, and then obviously you got where war games being done at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it would survive me massively now. I don't know if um, maybe they felt ECW is your your thing that was different from from the rest. WCW and WWE maybe were similar in a lot of ways. Maybe they mm-hmm. don't feel like there's enough of a distinction to warrant its own its own thing. Aye, ECW very much treated like the little brother sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, um, aye. yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the show. I definitely enjoyed it. I just it's just really interesting to see the, the difference in the way that you react to things as yeah. as times moved on. Yeah, definitely. As well. So, why you were happy? You were happy with your pick? Yeah, happy with it. Glad I uh, got to go back and watch it again, even though some bits kind of make me wince a little bit more than they would have back in the day. And last episode we talked about WWE, CW. Um, this didn't give you the appetite to then to go on, I assume. No, I think um, like similar maybe to what you mentioned previously. There's there's things from maybe maybe on the 2006 show that I thought might have been on this show, right. and so I probably wouldn't rule out wanting to watch the 2006 show at some point. Mm-hmm. I can't say it made me want to go back and watch all the episodes of uh, WWE CW on Sci-Fi when when it uh, when it was its own show. It's amazing to think how badly they you know we talked about reading the room earlier like mm-hmm. putting. ECW and even putting ECW in a, an arena, um, I don't know. It's just it's amazing how badly they've messed that up. Yeah, they had a really good opportunity just to have like essentially what NXT is. To, yeah, to do it on a smaller scale and and bring guys through and mm-hmm. yeah, if you yeah. didn't want to do the hardcore aspect of it, you could s- slowly but surely mm-hmm. change that. Yeah, but no, making Bobby Lashley or Big Show or whatever your champion and yeah it's a shame yeah <laughs> however okay moving forward then adam i have annoyed you significantly i think um with telling you all the different <laughs> pay-per-views that that we're going to pick next and i'll be honest with you i'm still not 100 percent sure <laughs> I'll talk you through my options, will I? Go for it. So I've got three in mind. Mm-hmm. I've actually got four because I quite fancy doing the tw- the 2006 one night stand, but I think that's too. Uh, prob- the novelty factors probably no no there. The... Yeah, yeah. I, yep. Yep. Um, I like the idea of doing the Austin Rock trilogy, WrestleMania trilogy, 15, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think I've went off that idea. Okay. Uh, maybe one for the future. Um, the, the the problem with Austin Rock, I was kind of thinking, either is the WrestleMania trilogy, but they've had other matches. They've had match for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Um, as well, which would be quite good to incorporate as well. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, I think now that you mentioned that, they're more, maybe the ones I'm more interested in actually going back and seeking out, just because... Mm. Austin could probably do more of his full repertoire back in those days in terms of moveset. Yeah. Um, and I think we all quite liked that sort of 
early version of the rock character as well so yeah in a way those are maybe more interesting i think i must have watched that wrestlemania 15 i could i could you know me and you could probably um play it out i think i've watched it that, yeah. that often so it's been a few it's been a few years but i i used to that was one of the first dvds i ever got wrestlemania 15 nice. i used to watch it over and over nice. um my other thinking was wrestlemania 21 which i've never seen okay um that is the same year as we're in with current EC, in the, right. the ECW one that you stand, it's the same year. Okay. So just looking at that, those SmackDown and Raw rosters, I was thinking it'd be quite interesting mm-hmm. to go back to. And I like the idea of Angle Michaels as well, which I've never seen, and I believe yeah. is a pretty good match. Yeah. However, I'm still I'm undecided. So WrestleMania 21, I think I would quite like to do. But I'd also quite like. So, so we talked about we've talked about Benoit on on this mm-hmm. show, um, and we talked a little bit about Angle. Uh, and at Royal Rumble two thousand and three, Angle and Benoit have a match for the world title, mm-hmm. okay. um, which I want to say got something like four and three quarter stars Meltzer rating. Right, and I quite like the idea. Well, a Royal Rumble is always a Royal Rumble is a Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. always entertaining. The thing that will put you off it, <laughs> Triple H, Scott Steiner. Oh man. Um, that yeah. I mean, it wouldn't put me off as in to say don't do it, but I imagine none of us are going to enjoy that match. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's funny because we've said before, like one match can make a card for you. If yep. it's a really good match. Yeah. And I would watch a Royal Rumble regardless of mm-hmm. the matches. Um so, so I think I'd probably like to go with that. Royal Rumble two thousand and three. I think we've got big big show Cena. Are you locking it in? I'm locking it in. Oh, right. I'm gonna write it down. Okay. You do that. <laughs> this is this has been recorded, believe it or not. So <laughs> although saying that I have said a TNA pay per view before and then <laughs> message you couple of weeks later and said nah no dice <laughs> okay okay let's do it okay i'll just i'll give you the card royal rumble 2003 brock lesnar oh brock lesnar versus the big show not seen a big show um winner enters the royal rumble match Okay. Uh, world tag title team match. Uh, world tag team <laughs> title match. Lance Storm and William Regal versus the Dudleys. Nice. Don Marie versus Tori Wilson. I want to say that that is a storyline where Don Marie is possibly having an affair with Tori Wilson's dad. I think you're absolutely right. Yep. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> uh, Triple H versus the Big Bad Booty Daddy, and Angle v Benoit, and then the Rumble, Rumble. match. Okay. Let's do it. Cool. I was. I think I've been influenced by what I was. What I was watching. Um, like some twenty-four. What are the things called in the WWE Network? Are they just called twenty twenty-four? It's like a sort of day oh, behind right. the scenes following yeah. somebody. Yeah. And it was um, Angle when he was getting um, put in the Hall of Fame in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and he said he was at his peak of his powers in tw- 2003 and then he broke his neck uh, like a month okay. out from Wrestlemania so uh, I thought let's go okay. back to like if he's at his peak of his powers let's go back yeah. to I'm trying to remember if neck. this was I was listening to the most recent episode of his podcast on Sunday and um, he He's always like brutally honest, Kurt Angle, which is kind of doesn't hide anything, doesn't disguise it, and then he just speaks. But I'm sure this was the match where he, he got back behind the curtain thinking the match wasn't good. And he was like talking to Benoit, and Benoit was like, oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was good. And uh, Angle says it wasn't till like way later he rewatched it, and he was like, shit. Like, it, for, for whatever reason, in the ring at the moment, he just didn't think it was hitting, it was working and all that. But watching it back, he thinks it's one of the very best matches he ever had. Ooh, cool. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, well, that, um, fun. Yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll offset Triple H, Scott Steiner, hopefully. <laughs> Do you remember them having the pose off on Raw? No. I need to go back and watch that. They were having, like, a bodybuilding type pose off type thing you just know you just knew Triple H was absolutely loving it as well <laughs> yeah oh do you think that's why he ended up just torpedoing Steiner in WD do you think Steiner won the pose off and Triple H was like I'll do one that, yeah. guy and that's it yeah. have you ever seen Steiner shoot interviews he absolutely buries Triple H and stuff uh, yeah I know he, he buries a few <laughs> a few people he's never been the Fair. biggest Hogan fan either <laughs> well, well. <laughs> He must be on good terms because I think he came back. <laughs> they, they both got inducted, didn't they? They Steiners. inducted the Steiner brothers. Yeah, Aye. just just last year, I think. Aye. This year, Aye. rather. Yeah, yeah. He was he was quick. Actually, gave a daft story about Macho Man pushing over a cow or something like that as mm. part of his induction speech. He was quick. Yeah, uh, I, I think you get the impression <coughs> Triple H is maybe quite good at mending fences when it's mm. when it's needed. Yeah, Aye. best for business and that behaviour. Yeah. Right. Cool. Well. We shall do that, um, cool. and and by that time, the big red guy will have been. We'll yeah, be, we'll be right in the festive spirit. Yeah, um, yeah. Two weeks from now. Uh, yeah, I think I'm getting particularly in the festive spirit, like the day after, uh, in a different way. But yeah, okay, yeah, that's going to okay. be my big pub day. Yeah, nice. Also, oh, does that mean that you might be recording in a certain gruff manner? No, I think I, I'm sure we record. Then I go to the pub. I'm fairly ah, sure. Really? I think okay, it's the next okay. day. I think it's the next day I go to the pub. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'll be at my best, my freshest. Nice. Yeah. Look forward to it. Okay, well, enjoy your Christmas. You um, too. I was trying to think of a name for outlaw fans. What What do you think? Or you know, like, like Lady Gaga's got her little monsters. Mm. We could call them a our band of outlaws. Does that work? Well, let, let's go with that, and then if um, I, I think it's quite good, uh, give me a little chance to have a think. We'll go with that okay. for now. We'll go okay. with that for now. In, interim, okay. So our interim band of outlaws <laughs> enjoy your Christmas or your holidays or um, whatever you're doing between now and when Jacob Goodnight comes in the middle of the night. Um, until then, you take it easy, Adam. Cheers, you too. See you soon. <laughs>